I'm John, and uh, normally I would have spent all week getting ready for tonight, but since I punted the beginning of this series to Morgan, I spent the afternoon cleaning my garage. And the series that we're doing is The Purpose of the Church. It would be a very good time right now to welcome our friend Philip, <laughs> who has been asking for this series for three years? Three years, all right? Uh, a lot of people ask how we do our series, like what topics do we pick? I try to keep an ear open to things that are troubling people, uh, things that we want to talk about, and also just things that come up in our conversations normally. The idea of this series came from a question that keeps nagging a lot of people, which is if we're all part of the body of Christ, why do I need to be part of a church? Or if I meet in a group like this, or if I go to chapel, or if I just hang out with a group of friends, why do I need to be part of a church, or do I? We're actually here to analyze the question, and for the first couple weeks, I'm having Morgan step up to really tell us what is the purpose of the church to make a biblical case and to make a case for us as to why it is that we should even be part of a church, and then we're going to come back and spend some time analyzing uh, whether the churches are actually meeting that goal right now. So here's what we're going to do first to get your interaction tonight. I'm going to take about five minutes if I could. I'm going to pass out some three by five cards. And I want you to write down any question that you have about church, the local church, going to church, what is church, why does church do this, anything you want to ask. So we get an idea of what's on your mind. We already have an idea of the trajectory of this series, but we'll bend it to go anywhere we need to if there's something on your mind. So Morgan, there's some three by five cards right there. We're just going to take about five minutes and give you just a moment to think through this before Morgan kicks it off. So let's start there. All right. So tonight, as John said, we are going to go ahead and begin our series on the purpose of the church. I wanted to begin by reading an article. This introduces our series because the purpose of the church is a difficult one, both for pastors, for lay people, for people who aren't Christian. It's one that can bring confusion. So this is an article that actually Ryan Delap sent me um, through The Resurgence, which is a kind of an online resource. And Matt Chandler wrote this article. He's somewhat of an influential evangelical pastor. So he says, some background. So I was 28 when I became the pastor of Highland Village First Baptist Church, known as the Village Church. I had had a rough go early on in my church experience, and at that time, I was not fully out of my disenchanted with the local church phase. In all honesty, I wasn't sure at the time that church membership was biblical. Despite that, the Spirit had made it all too clear that I was going to be pastoring the small church in the suburbs of Dallas. That was one of the many ironies of my life in those days. Highland Village First Baptist Church was a seeker-sensitive church in the Willow Creek mold and had no formal membership process although they were actively working on one and wanted the new pastor's input. I had a strong understanding of the church universal, but wasn't well-versed, and as I said, somewhat skeptical about the church local. We started growing qu quickly with young and oftentimes disenchanted 20-somethings who usually had no church background or bad church backgrounds. They liked the village because we were different. This always struck me as strange because we weren't doing anything but preaching and singing. In conversations with these men and women, I began to hear things like, the church is corrupt, it's just about money and a pastor's ego. Or, I love Jesus, it's the church I have a problem with. My favorite one was, when you organize the church, it loses its power. 
Although something occasionally resonated in me with these comments, I, along with most of my generation, have authority and commitment issues. I found them confusing since they were being made to me by the people who were attending the church where I was the pastor. So I think this, these comments kind of show a good perspective where he's even grappling with his own issues with the church. And then as a pastor, he has to grapple with the issues that his, his local congregation is giving to him as the pastor. So it's a strange situation. Like, what is the purpose of the local church? So to, again, kind of add to why I believe there's, there's confusion, we can see, look how many different church books there are. And this is, let me just tell you, this is a very minimal amount. Simple church, organic church, the purpose-driven church, total church. The externally focused church, the ministry of the missional church, the emerging church, essential church, and house church. These are all book titles that are somewhat recently written about the church. Okay? So you can see, I mean, we're not going to go into each of these books or even try to, but you can see how there are so many different views and opinions and what is the church supposed to do. As you know, here at Exodus, we are very interactive. So I wanted us to begin before we really start digging with a couple questions, and I want to hear back from you, okay? So in your opinion, what constitutes a church? Yeah. I think that's a loaded question. <laughs> because there is the church, and then okay. there are churches. Okay, good. So she is trying to say there's a distinction between the church universal, which would be all Christians worldwide gathered, and then the churches, the, the little C's, the little local churches, good. Okay, so we're going to say, let me better define that. What constitutes a local church? A group of believers whose mission is to spread the gospel. Okay, so a group of believers whose mission is to spread the gospel. All right. Yeah, right. I'd say it almost means a little more broad than spreading the gospel because there are a lot of churches that don't make that kind of So I would say in the most basic form, a church is a group of people coming together to learn about their faith, to develop their faith, and and possibly at some point to spread their faith, but to deepen their faith in fellowship with each other. Okay, so a group of people wanting to develop their faith in relation to one another, okay? I would kind of bounce off that, but it has to have some sort of leadership, so you're looking at a pastor with elders and deacons or whatever you may but having some hierarchy of professional power. So can there be house churches? Yeah, but those also have it some sort of hierarchy power. Okay, so there's still, even if you have a legitimate house church, according to Andrew, you still have to have leadership in some sort of hierarchy. Cormac? Um, I would say that there, that there has to be some kind of leadership or facilitation. I don't think that there should be a hierarchy. I think there should be maybe more of just like a facilitator or something. So leadership is still important, but it doesn't have to be hierarchical. It could even be a group of leaders, okay? Phil? I, I wouldn't say I necessarily agree with this is how church it should be, but I think that what constitutes a church, at least in our normal definition of it, it would be even more broad than a group of believers trying to do this or do that, like trying to um, spread the gospel or trying to learn about our faith or trying, because I feel like some churches genuinely don't care about some of those things. Some churches care about people learning more in their faith, and that's like one of the reasons why the people meet together. And so I think. And some churches just care about getting new believers. And some churches just, like, being cynical, care about numbers. Or some churches, like, just care about worship. Or, and so I feel like I would more define a church as a group of believers with a common purpose, whatever, and that can be totally different. Because um, okay. I feel like it's very different depending on the church. 
So you're saying in order to be more inclusive, if you have too narrow of a definition, you're going to end up excluding some. Because some are going to have some strengths over here, some are over here. Okay, Julie? I think that a church should be a place where a group of people goes to worship God. It should be about God. It shouldn't, I mean, and I, people may disagree with me about this. I understand the whole missional outreach and thing, and I understand the, you know, the, the calling. But I think that, um, generally speaking, to go to a church, you should be there to worship God, not for yourself, not for your own gain, but so that God can be praised. And then in turn, you be filled because you're being obedient and you're worshiping him. That's all he wants. I agree with Julian. I think we, because of that, we need to define worship, though, which isn't just singing, just congregating. Yes. It also involves teaching each other. It also involves reaching out to others. It also involves being mission-minded. Good. All right, now here's the bigger one. So is Exodus a church? Why or why not? Yeah. I think it is because it's a group of believers um, that are gathered for the purpose of glorifying God. Okay, and so according, you said you talked about leadership. So, you're willing to say since there is some form of leadership in this group, and because it's a gathering, you're willing to say Exodus is a church. Okay. Well, like, I I don't know if I necessarily disagree, but at least like the points of like elders and deacons need to be brought up. Like I mean, with biblical definitions of churches, you have necessity of elders and deacons, and Exodus doesn't. I mean, like John's technically an elder, new song, but like I yeah. Okay, Julie. I, I kind of feel like we do have that, though, in, in a certain aspect, regard. Like, we have leaders here. You have people who, who like you, for example, John, for example. There are certain people who, who are in the leadership role here. Maybe it's not defined clearly, like, hi, I am, you know, usher number one. But I, you're still, like, a leader, and you're still the leader, you know? Okay. Does everyone think this is a church? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know I was not part of the leadership of a church. I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I work for Nissan, but, you know. Yeah, Monique? It, it is kind of a trick question because it really depends on the way you look at it. I kind of, in my larger, broader, hippie sense, do kind of feel like church is just a group of believers that are in community with each other that meet regularly. Was, and that's the same, like, Exodus does have a lot of that. We do have checks and balances with what goes on here, I think, and, and there is structure. Um, but if we're really talking about society today, just the way that countries grew and formed and all of that like as things get bigger it gets more complicated and there's more rules and there's more structure and the bigger a church is the more structure it's going to have and and that's good and bad more power in the good way and the bad way as well you can reach more people the bigger you are the more means that you have and so if we're really talking about classic structured church then no exodus isn't a church like we don't own our own building we don't have like a main pat well you know what I mean, like a main paid pastor or whatever, even though John works his butt off for us every week without compensation. But, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, in some ways, that's more church because that's coming from someone's heart and it's still affecting people. Everyone here's lives, I think, are transformed in some way. And we take that to somebody else. And, like, if that's not church, like, I don't know what is. Okay, here's a question that kind of comes up, and we'll, we'll keep going with this question too, but is there a separation, is there a difference between a ministry at a church and a church, you know, as itself? Because at least John and I would consider John as an elder at the church. I work on staff at New Song. We would personally <laughs> probably prefer to say this is not a separate entity. So we are certainly part of this local body, New Song, but we at least would not see ourselves as, as 
you know, the pastors of a church on Sunday nights here. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would say the way that I differentiate Exodus from my traditional view of a local church is to me, a local church is something grown deep with roots and people who've been going there for ages and their families. You have a wide sector of ages and people from all different walks of life. And this is kind of a small sector of population, which is not to say that it can't be church-like, but I think that in terms of a local church, I don't know, there are people who come here for a while, but I see a local church as something really like like so is time necessary? Because how could you have like a church plant if time were... Well, I don't yeah, know if it would be a group that would be like that, though. Do you see what I mean? Like, are people going to start bringing their families here? Is people start to have kids? Are kids going to be part of it? Is there going to be a kids sector of Exodus? Or... Who knows? We got Christine in the background. I mean, we already got the two-year-olds, you know. Tiffany. Um, I feel like... In my experience, I feel like a lot of the times when I'm concerned with churches, it's not a group of people, but they have a defined set of theology or statements that they believe in. And, or, you know, some sort of, yeah, something like that. And so I think with this question, Exodus, I wouldn't consider Exodus a church because I don't think we have a universal, like, not universal, or even within this group, an agreed set of statement of beliefs so that we all believe and choose to believe, we might all of us have something different that we, you know, think. Um, so I think I would consider, for the purpose of this question, I would consider Exodus more of a ministry um, that is part of Newsong, which is a church, because Newsong does have a statement of beliefs. Okay. Tiffany? Um, to me, if we were to look at it from the perspective of um, St. Paul in, in, in Ephesians, we are a church. And we are believers who get together because we love God, we want to grow together in a relationship with Him. So, you know, as far as, I don't know, as, I don't know if it's far reaching, but as far as, you know, I define the church, I believe that we are a church. Okay. But are you saying, so are you saying anytime believers gather, that is a church? Is that kind of the claim you're making or not? I don't know if, you know, we should go down to the, the whole house church thing, but I kind of consider the way that we, we facilitate things, especially on Wednesday nights, kind of like house church in a sense. Okay. We're going to do one more couple more comments on this because we want to move forward but I mean we're trying to hit at some values we do have to define what is a church you know what makes it up what should it make up is what we're trying to get to that's why I think it's important to kind of and we kind of have differentiated between church the people and church the place um, and I kind of think like even with my reservations that I have about institutions because every institution is flawed church as an institution the place community church as Rachel would say, um, has its issues. I kind of think it's like the movie Day Without a Mexican. Like, I think if they were just gone, <laughs> we'd all realize, and it would honestly really negatively impact, for real, negative impact, impact the world. Because as far as a church being deeply rooted in community, that is important because kids sometimes need a place to go and families need a place where they can gather in a bigger church where community can sort of connect and I don't know, just make different impacts with each other and in the local community and, you know, there's different situations going on in different cities and whatever, so whatever the need is there, the church should be infused in that local community and try to meet those needs. That's important. But as far as Exodus not being considered a church, maybe it's not a community church, maybe it's not one of these big buildings or whatever, but I disagree that we don't have a set state of beliefs or whatever. We all meet here because we do have a common belief and I guarantee you, at least on my end, if if Exodus somehow was no longer a part of New Song, 
and John wanted to continue ministry or whatever, I would be there and I would go there. And so on that okay, level, so we got the like, church plant, we got our first member there. It is. It, so it is, it is like a church. It's church as far as the people and the believers and what we're doing. It's just not a community center. All right, Andrew and then Phil, and then we're going to move. We're gonna I think we can look at back in Acts when the churches were being built, and Paul was going to churches and preaching. There were large gatherings of people that would come back and do group activities. You know, they do big worship sets. They do the one guy standing up and speaking to the masses. And then you had small house churches, which I, to me would be a ministry like this is, where it's not necessarily where you're getting large mass of people being spoken to by one person, but it's a community growing, applying what they've heard on that past Sunday or Saturday or whatever. And they getting at that and saying, okay, let's apply this to our daily life. How do we live this out? What does that look like? How do you, you know, struggle through it as a group in a smaller ministry setting? Whereas the big church, you can't do that because you have so many people so many different age groups. All right, Phil? Uh, well, I just think it's interesting. I was thinking about the idea of, like, even the question we have to look at, well, is Exodus the church is how we, as a church, as we define them now, or is Exodus the church that we think, it, like, as churches should be? Um, and I think just, like, I was, I was thinking about that because it's very different. Because I think Exodus doesn't fit into, at least in my opinion, a church as we define it now, but only for a few little reasons, to be honest. Like, the fact that we are technically a ministry of another church. Um, it wouldn't make sense to call us a church in that sense. But if we look at is Exodus a church in like what it should be, like I have no idea. Because I have no idea what a church should be, you know? Like I think that's a difficult. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. This has been good discussion. A lot of I've heard a lot of things that we're gonna come back to, like does should a constitute should a set of beliefs constitute what a church is? Should uh, the church be defined by what it does? Because I'm hearing that a lot from people saying, This is what it should do, this is what it should do. So we're going to try to <clears throat> get to the bottom of those, but tonight we're going to briefly talk about what we're not discussing in this series, which is we're not discussing the universal church, okay, because we've done that um, in the book of Ephesians, and yet we also need to lay somewhat of a groundwork because the local churches, the little C's, should be doing and they should reflect what scripture speaks about as the universal church, right? The universal church is all believers everywhere at any given time throughout the world who are worshiping Christ, that's, that's the church, right? But there are numerous passages in Scripture that tell us, okay, they, they speak about this universal church, and then the local churches are supposed to then live out that vision, okay? So the first thing is it's an enduring church. Like Jesus said this very clearly to Peter. Jesus replied after Simon gives this confession, right? Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say I am? Simon says, you are the Christ. And Jesus answers, Jesus replied, blessed are you. Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but, my, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So one of the reasons we have such a difficulty with the local church, I think, is we see some of its issues, right? We see that we fall short, and later in the series we're going to look at like, hey, our church is really even doing the things they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of our frustrations come out of that. We see this like, you know, sometimes people are hypocritical um, and they push people out of the church, right? Um, and that freaks us out. And then we say, you know, we don't want to do this. But Jesus has ensured that the church will move on. So despite its flaws, the flaws that have always been there throughout history, 
Uh, one thing we are not going to do in this series is glorify the early church. <laughs> and there are some wonderful things that the early church has to teach us. But people who think there weren't issues in the early church are, are just wrong. And if you look at history and you look at they were battling Gnosticism, they were battling whether you had to be Jewish before you could uh, you know, have faith in Jesus. I mean, there were significant dysfunctional issues <laughs> that, that were you know, kind of even fought out. And even we see some of the difficulties in Scripture, like Acts 15, they come together to make a decision because believers are having really serious arguments and, and even saying, you're not a Christian, and well, you are, and you're not. You know, I mean, they're having issues, okay? So the early church had issues. We've always had issues in the church. And yet 2,000 years later, the church exists, and Jesus has promised it always will. Another metaphor in the Bible is the body of Christ. This, this body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13. So this is a metaphor that Paul uses. Okay? And we have another one. We spoke about this passage before when we went through the book of Ephesians. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as this church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husband, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Right? Paul uses this metaphor of the body to describe the church. Jesus is the head. The church as a whole is a body. Um, there's also the language of even seeing it as the bride of Christ, right? Even in that analogy of uh, of husbands and wives, like this idea that Jesus is the husband and the church is the wife, okay, or the bride. Finally, uh, another aspect, the people where God's spirit dwells. This is the church. In Acts 2, as Andrew kind of mentioned, the Acts church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were being done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, nothing in there talks about the Holy Spirit, but where does this fall in the book of Acts? Can anyone tell you what the major act right before this passage that occurs in the book of Acts? Good, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And so many commentators refer to this passage as these are, these are the evidences that the Holy Spirit is clearly dwelling in the church. And some of these things happen flowing from that. Because the Holy Spirit is, they're breaking bread, they're praying, there are miracles happening, they are selling things and sharing, they are learning. These are all acts because the Holy Spirit has been pulled out or poured out upon them. This is then how they interact. Okay, so even though this passage in, in itself does not speak about the dwelling of the Spirit, this is a clear fruit of that activity. And so the church is a place where God's Spirit dwells, right? And, and there are other passages that refer to us being the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And the us is anyone who is in Christ. The Spirit dwells in that person, okay? Now, so this is what we are not discussing, <laughs> is, is the overall church. But this does lay some groundwork, and next week we will come back to these passages and a lot more to get some specifics about the local churches. But I wanted to even just 
briefly point to the evidences of the local church because most of our problems are not with the church universal. Most people understand that there is this church filled up of all believers. Good, we're okay. But what's the point of the local church? And that is the focus of this series. And some people want to somehow get rid of the local church, right? Sometimes in our skepticism or our anger or um, just the lack of, you know, maybe even bad background as that opening introduction talked about, um, we want to give up on the local church. But there's a big problem with that. Um, the evidence is really wide. All of Paul's letters are written to local churches with specific instructions, right? We have to look, biblically speaking, that there were clearly churches beginning to be formed. Churches can only be formed and take shape in a local form. There's no other way to do it. How, how could there not be a church in a local place, you know? Like, we are all people who are bounded by time and, and physicality and geography. So the church universal can only express itself in a localized form. Okay, we looked at Acts 2, 42 through 47, 4, 32 to 35 is very similar. Here's another reminder that the writer of Hebrews encourages them with. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. All right, there's this encouragement to keep meeting. A few others that you can read on your own if you want to look in depth because we would have to go through the entire passage to get some of the specifics. But 1 Timothy 3 talks about kind of, I think Phil and Andrew both pointed this out, like overseers, deacons, some sort of structure. At this time, this is one of the latest letters of Paul, church structure is forming. Paul even gives instructions for, hey, if you're going to be a deacon, you know, if you're going to appoint a deacon, this is what you need to look for. If you're going to appoint you know, a bishop, this is what, these are the qualifications that you need to look for. Revelation chapters 2 through 4 are all passages addressed and referring to specific churches okay, throughout um, Asia Minor. Acts 6, the church, and it's, again, it's starting to take shape because they, they begin to have a criteria for who, which widows receive aid and which ones do not. Right? And so, you, again, you kind of start to begin to see a formality in Scripture. So, Acts Church seems like, hey, they just hang out in people's houses, and everything's great, and they break bread, and they do all this stuff, and there's nobody thinking through structure. Well, that changes pretty quickly. Okay? Acts 15, the church gathered to decide a specific course of action to a major problem in the community. Yeah. Sorry, I had a question. It's a little bit backwards. So, yeah. when you're talking about the local church, so just think about that idea, like, the being... Um, restricted by like geography and like physicality and being certain places but it's just uh, it's an interesting idea and I'm not sure how that fits with like even our current society and technology like that you don't need to be local like you can do everything through Skype get a video pastor like they even have churches that have like off-campus sites like and so it's an interesting idea like you could have like a church made up of 100 people in 100 different countries yeah it's actually a great point I mean there's a fascinating one if you've looked at um was it the Second Life? If you guys have heard of that, you know, an online game where the great example they have churches on the Second Life, and literally, you know, a thousand people come to church on Sunday mornings with their little Second Life person. Now, so you may, I mean, this it, it's very important because you know, even 30 years ago, that would be like absurd, you know, to even think of trying to <laughs> to somehow have a church, and then we could even look at that case and say, well. What are the defining characteristics of a church, and would we really consider that a church or not? You know, and some people are going to say yes, absolutely, and some people are going to be like, no, this just not, this just doesn't cut it. 
Um, so it's a great, you know, it's a great pushback. I mean, we're still obviously defined by, I mean, you're still sitting in a chair at home on a computer. I mean, there's still, there's still a locality even in that. So, but, but it's still an interesting question. Do you have to be in person with others, uh, you know, actually physically next to them like we are here in order to have a church or not? That's a good question. I mean, that's something maybe we need to try to find out. Uh, a great quote to kind of transition us uh, to the end for tonight. The local church is a given. And Richard Niebuhr says this, the local church implies the universal, but the universal no less implies the local. Without localization, without becoming concrete in a specific occasion, it does not exist. Okay, so we've got to figure out, this is why I'm just kind of trying to make the case, set a little bit of a foundation for the universal church, set a foundation for, we have to understand the local church, and the local church needs to be a reflection of the values and the principles and the picture that we get from scripture of the church universal, okay? And so next week, um, we're gonna dig into some of those things and we're gonna throw up some stuff like maybe even possible beliefs, maybe actions, various scriptures that we're gonna wrestle with and try to get to say, okay, what should constitute a church? You know, like, is this in or is this out? You know, like, does everyone in here even think, like Tiffany said, um, there probably needs to be some common beliefs, because if not, then I don't know if we can really call that a church. Uh, we've heard the words leadership, uh, and maybe there are some different perspectives on leadership, but is leadership necessary to having a church, and if so, how much? You know, and questions like that, okay? So we're going to come back to that. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and ask the worship team to come back and uh, get ready to think about that. And this week, you know, be thinking about what you think is a local church, what should constitute it. Okay, go deeper with that because that will really help our discussion next week as we get into that. Okay? Gracious God, we do thank you and we praise you for your greatness. God, we thank you that you have chosen the local church uh, to make yourself known into the world. Um, we are at times confounded, at times uh, excited and hopeful, um, at times just purely confused as to what the purposes of the local church are, Lord. So we ask that you would guide us uh, as we think this week and as we pray. Um, God, we ask that you would guide us next week in our discussion that is, will be more particular. Um, we thank you and I uh, pray this in your great name. Amen.